This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 40, brought to you by Microsoft Surface. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, Branded Communications Strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential. Sarah Holloway joins me on today's show. Now, Sarah began her working life as a mergers and acquisitions lawyer at a leading international law firm. And while she enjoyed several years building strong professional foundations and invaluable business acumen, she found it increasingly challenging to reconcile all consuming corporate lifestyle with her personal passions for health, well-being, creativity and adventure. In pursuit of balance, Sarah and her partner started a creative side project in late 2014, capitalising on a gap they discovered in the health food market for matcha green tea powder. 18 months on, this vibrant green superfood is one of the world's premier health food trends and Matcha Maiden is leading the way with a growing community of over 1,000 stockists, 80,000 social media followers and a very bright green future. Sarah has now hung up the suits and heels to step into business full-time and is thoroughly enjoying her life as a full-time entrepreneur. On today's show, Sarah is going to share the importance of agility, the importance of balance and why you can't please everyone and you shouldn't be doing that anyway and what you should be doing instead. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That was quite an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Look, so impressed uh, with your background. I mean, you gave up a high court associateship to pursue Matcha Maiden. You left your corporate law job to work full time in your business. And my goodness, it has just gone from growth to growth. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's funny um, listening to bios and and hearing the story from someone else telling it. Yes. It's sort of like unreal. I just forget that it's all happened so quickly oh. and sort of think oh really is that me <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I mean I've, oh, I love the saying that uh, Steve Jobs shared unless we look backwards and, and join the dots we can then see how things had progressed I mean when you did leave your full-time job to, to start your business and or do that full-time could you ever have imagined you would be where you are today not at all. I, I never expected that I'd ever be able to leave my job to begin with. But even once I did, it was still a big risk and mm-hmm. a hugely scary step because I thought, oh my gosh, is this actually going to work? Is it going to keep growing? What's going to happen? And I had no idea. I sort of thought I'd step out for a little while and ride the wave and then I might have to go back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's natural. You just get filled with all the doubts and worries and you just have to sort of try and quieten them and move beyond them and surround yourself with people who 
also believe in what you're doing so that you can get over those hurdles and then you might surprise yourself like we did. <laughs> so looking back, because I know we have a lot of listeners who are in business already. However, there are also many listeners who are still working in, in a role in, in corporate and, and long to be able to you know start their own business full time. What was it for you? I mean, obviously, you really did long for that balance. But what did was it something you told yourself? Did something happen that finally had you go, you know what? I am stepping into that from the corporate into full-time entrepreneurship. What was it for you? It was the moment where we went from being able to manage both with Mm -hmm. our full-time jobs to the moment where we got a really big opportunity that um, might not have been an opportunity that sustained us forever, but it was big enough that we would have had to hire someone for that particular contract. Mm -hmm. So it was impossible for one of us to not go full-time or for us to hire someone. And it was at that point where it really became mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. I actually had to choose. I couldn't just keep doing both and seeing how they went. I I kind of like to hedge my bets and sort of have one foot (laughs) in both doors while I'm a bit unsure about things. But Mm -hmm. it was the that crossroads where I realized the business has grown to a particular point, but it actually can't grow any further. We're going to have to start saying no to opportunities mm. that we've worked for because there's not enough time and we don't have enough hours to give to it. So am I willing to risk the fact that, you know, I, am I willing to leave my job to really see what, it, to throw my, my all into it and really mm-hmm. see what can happen? Yes. Or am I too scared and um, I'm just going to, you know, let, you know, accept that this is as far as it will ever become. And mm-hmm. once I thought about that, I was like, no, no, we've got momentum. And yeah. how could I not see that through and, and give it the chance to grow bigger? Exciting. And so and you obviously yeah. then, whilst you were working, really slowly started to to build up the business. Were there some key things that you were doing? Because that's really important, I think, and we kind of call that a portfolio career or a term because you have a number of different things on, on the go. So what were, what were some of the steps that you took whilst you were still working that you believe were really crucial to the ongoing growth and involvement of, of your business? Because there's so many things that we can do as business owners, yet there are some steps that we take that are so important to the growth of the business. Obviously, you, you did those steps, you took those steps, had those conversations. What were they? What were some of the things looking back that you did that enabled you to grow the business to a point where you said, you know what, I'm now going to step into that full time. One of the things that was really instrumental for us growing as quickly as we did both within Australia, but then also globally, which we didn't expect, was just harnessing the power of social media. Mm-hmm. And because I had to accept the physical limitations of being in an office all day, I couldn't use that time for physical networking or being out on the road or doing all those kind of things that I would have wanted to do as, as in business development. The only thing that I could do was focus on things I could do on my devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and so working with that, I was like, well, I, I'm always on my phone and I'm always on my computer anyway. So what's going to be a, a forum that I can inject all my energy into while I'm still doing this job that will help the business grow without a lot of capital investment? Mm-hmm. And social media was right there in front of us. It was everything it's been our whole marketing strategy from the very beginning yes um 
So I just put a lot of effort into developing a strategy, developing the right brand voice for that, mm-hmm. timing, kind of a formula that would work for us. Yeah. And was adapting it, that because was know, it on one particular platform? Because I I know that your Instagram's accounts, and of course we'll list all of the ways that people can connect with you on on social, so they can go and check that out. And notice you've got some incredibly strong followers on on Instagram. Did you find Instagram was really working well for you, or across some other platforms too? Definitely, Instagram was our main focus. Um, that's where we got the quickest growth, the strongest responses, mm. uh, because the product is such a bright color and part of our message was to show people how you could actually use it, then having a visual element mm-hmm. was really important. So, And we also found the engagement was just the highest in our target market com- yeah. as compared to Facebook where the feed was already starting to be interfered with by yeah. you know, paid advertising and mm-hmm. I had no experience in that so I thought Instagram's just an easier place to start because yes. I was familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter, again, without the imagery, it was sort of hard to get momentum so we focused most of our attention on Instagram and all the bloggers were kind of really heavily concentrated there as well and they're the people who we wanted to pay attention to us and get curious and start wanting to play around with it. So that was really well responded to from like the first week um, wow. and just continued to grow faster than anything else. So we just continued to pour our effort back into yeah. it. Yeah, As someone who loves social media and who, and real, let's be honest, I, I am an introvert. So sitting behind a computer or my, <laughs> my device that rather than, I mean, I do love meeting people too, but I would, I prefer to be behind it, that device if I'm honest. I mean, that just excites me and I know other people too because for people who are still balancing a career but they haven't yet quite left corporate because they haven't yet grown their business to think that if they have the right strategy the tools are there um, the audience is there you've just got to you know obviously have the right strategy and you you did that just if you think back then to I mean obviously great graphics you had a great story great brand voice did you find that you were networking however doing it online by connecting with with bloggers did you tag them did you like in other words so that they could learn about you was there any specific strategy around that yeah definitely I learned very quickly that you know a lot of people say you need to be really active and I think a lot of people interpret that as posting regularly mm-hmm. and they forget the follow-through which is to go back to those photos when people have asked questions or comments and actually respond to them all, even though that sort of seems less important than the post itself. It's probably more important Mm -hmm. because why do you bother posting something if you're not going to interact with people who bother to see it? Yes. So we spent a lot of time making sure every comment and every tag was acknowledged and answered. And I do look back and think I was actually networking in the best way that I could from Mm -hmm. behind my my desk. (laughs) And that meant that by the time I did leave six months later, I'd actually built up a network of quite a few good relationships with bloggers. So the minute that I could do meetings during the weekdays, I had it already set there. I just Mm. shot off some Instagram messages to them and said, oh my gosh, I'm full time. I can Mm -hmm. meet you for brunch. Let's take it into the real world and go and get a matcha latte. And I spent, I think, maybe the first two or three months full time of just meeting all the people who I developed online relationships with in person. Yeah. which sounds really creepy but it's actually not 
worked really well because we've been able to build up a foundation beforehand Mm -hmm. and you do feel a little bit restricted by the fact that you've got working hours and you can't be everywhere but Mm. But you would have um, been so much more focused though, wouldn't you? I mean, let's face it, sometimes if we were to do an audit on where we're focusing our time and energy through the day, a lot of that time can be not really the best use of our time. So I would imagine that when you look back, you would have had to be really focused, really on target to make sure that what you were doing had the best momentum for you, yes? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I used every lunch break to do research or go and if I could meet someone who was in the city I would go and meet someone and there were other bloggers around as well or food and health and wellness influencers who were also sort of making the transition from their full-time jobs Mm -hmm. and a lot of them were corporate and we'd sort of seek each other out and time our lunch breaks at the same time yeah I so like there are that. there's always something that you can do yeah absolutely one thing that I did want to stress and I know Sarah has certainly said this as well is that yes there was posting on social media to to share the story and the imagery and the graphics but the most important thing was that when people were interacting with her post she strengthened that relationship by continuing to engage by answering responding and then if there was an opportunity to meet someone because they were in the same town for lunch or whatever that then was what was taken straight away it's all about relationship building I think first you get the visibility then you need to develop that relationship I think is key are there any other lessons that you've learned around agility that you want to share today a really big one for me was coming from an environment where everything is planned five years in advance kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, and everything has a process that you have to go through before it can be changed. Moving into an environment where we didn't even have a business plan and even if we had, everything changes every day. It's really shown me that the market, like you, you make these assumptions about certain things like when we first started, we had no competitors. So we didn't even have to think about how our product compared to other people because there weren't any. Mm -hmm. Whereas very quickly after that, Competitors started popping up everywhere and if we'd stuck to our business plan that was based on just being the main market share person, Mm -hmm. you know, it all would have suddenly become irrelevant. So it's really taught me that you do need to plan and think things through but if we'd spent six months developing this amazing marketing strategy and plan, it would have been such a waste of time because the market changed so quickly after it that it all becomes irrelevant. So I think learning to be able to operate according to strategies but also think on your feet about how they need to evolve as the market around you evolves and as your circumstances evolve is really important because if I'd done it my way I would have planned too much and um, then not been able to adapt everything to keep up whereas having a business partner who's been in business a lot longer than me who knows like what are you doing wasting time on a 20,000 page document of operational procedures yeah, when which is probably going to sit in the drawer stuff. and never to be looked again again at again exactly um, yeah and I think that's the beauty of having a, a smaller business we can react far quicker to what the market is is doing you know in comparison to bigger business that takes a lot longer to kind of shift because there's so many more um, you know people around the, the leadership table and you know maybe board members and all that kind of thing that that things need to be passed through but I love the fact that you were saying you know you really were agile you saw that there were some other voices starting to to speak within your market and then you thought right we need to shift do something differently and I mean I've had a look 
look through your uh, Instagram account and I mean you've to share a little bit about what Matcha Maiden is because you've also got a cafe share a little bit more about your business basically Matcha it sounds like a bit of a super fancy buzzword but mm-hmm. it's just green tea leaves ground into a powder so instead of throwing out the leaf like you would um, in a tea bag, which seems silly to get rid of all the greens, mm-hmm. it's ground into a powder, you dissolve it, and you drink the whole leaf. So you get 137 times the antioxidants of regular green tea, and then it's a powdered form, so it's much more versatile, and you can make it into lattes mm-hmm. and smoothies and protein balls and desserts. And um, we sort of found it in its traditional context as a ceremonial tea in Japan, but then when we were traveling elsewhere, started to see it used more adventurously. I got quite sick and was sent to Hong Kong at the same time with my law firm. And in Asia, matcha is not a new thing. It's been around for centuries since the Zen Buddhist monks were using it for meditation. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't drink coffee. And as an M&A lawyer, you need caffeine. (laughs) I got hooked on matcha because it's it's got this unique amino acid in it called L-theanine, which makes the caffeine slow release into your bloodstream. So Mm -hmm. if you're caffeine sensitive, a lot of people can still drink it. We came home and couldn't find it anywhere. So I thought, (sighs) oh, well... Maybe we could find it online. We could only find it in bulk. And I was like, oh, well, what are we going to do with the leftovers? Maybe we should start a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I knew, I you know, thought if I sell one bag, I can put it on my LinkedIn that I'm an entrepreneur and that's all that really counts. Yeah. So let's just try and sell a bag. And it turns out that lots of people wanted bags. We sold out very quickly. Um, and then that just kept growing and growing into a big global matcha family and then we sort of expanded a little bit into we love collaborating with other businesses so we started a thing called the collaboratory mm-hmm. which is each month we pick to show the versatility of the product we pick a brand who we work with often and we create something together that uses whatever product they make and we make a matcha oh, version of it together so we've brilliant. started to expand into different products mm-hmm. um, we've had one every month this year we've had like a protein ball mix, a gluten-free seeded loaf, a face mask, bath salts, sort of everything that you could think of. Mm -hmm. And then end of last year, we decided that we wanted to take it into the physical world and our business partners had um, on the same page with us. They were actually the cafe owners of our first physical stockist and we opened a specialty matcha cafe as well called Matcha Milk Bar, which has been open for nearly six months now. So it just keeps taking on a life of its own yeah yeah (laughs) don't you just hate that saying when people look at you and they think oh you've been so lucky and it's like you have not seen the hours that we've put in behind the scenes the things that you're doing it's evolving people find out more about you and the market grows and then there's an idea that you have and how many of us have an idea like the collaboratory I love that word but rather than kind of putting it on the back shelf or analysing it till the nth degree, by the time you've done that, you've often talked yourself out of it. But you followed that idea and through that, I would imagine you've developed some incredible relationships, gotten exposure for both those businesses, times how many times you've collaborated. I mean, what a brilliant idea. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, it's just funny how sometimes the ideas that turn into really great businesses aren't the ones that start as business ideas. They're yes. an idea because, you know, you see a gap in the market for yourself and you're like, oh, maybe there'll be other people who have found this gap in the market. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk about balance. It is so important to have balance. I know that as entrepreneurs in our business, there's so many different things that we can do and be doing every single day. But if we don't 
have a mindset that we have to have balance, it can suddenly really fall pear-shaped, can't it? It will become pear-shaped. Totally. I am. <laughs> I've really learned that. I thought I knew that already, but it's interesting how it's continued to be an ongoing struggle for a lot of us, I think. Is there anything that you do, maybe there's a ritual or something that you do on a daily basis, or, or maybe there's um, like a trigger that if you know that X, Y, and Z happens that you think, oh, I need to pull back and start to reclaim some balance because things happen that can often have us um, be a little bit imbalanced. But is there something that you do consistently that's helped you maintain that balance? To be perfectly honest, and I've been sharing this a lot lately just because I think a lot of people say, oh my gosh, how do you do all the things you do? And Mm. I recently had a little bit of a crash and burn and I feel it's really important to share that I obviously don't. Like it still is really hard for everyone to find the right balance. And I really thought that moving from the corporate lifestyle to health and wellness, that I'd just be like the picture of health glowing Mm. and like at the gym all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's once you love what you do, it's even harder to stop working because it doesn't feel like work. So Mm -hmm. you do sometimes wait for those triggers of your body to tell you to slow down. But because you're so excited by what you're doing, it can even block out the messages that you get from your body. So What I'm learning is that I used to look for physical triggers. I'd just start to feel a little bit run down and think, oh, I need to put on the brakes. But Mm. now I've realized the adrenaline and excitement of work can really block those messages out until you've gone too far. So I'm trying to preemptively get more balance on a regular basis rather Mm. than waiting. And I've found obviously exercise is really important for that, doing things that you can't physically be thinking about work at the same time. So classes are really good. Yoga is really restorative, I find. Going for long walks without my phone has also been really good. We've got a big dog. He's a golden retriever. So Mm -hmm. that's a really nice time to just not take anything with me. I also meditate quite regularly, which really helps. I used to be quite skeptical when I was a corporate and think, oh my God, like as if anyone can think about nothing. (laughs) You need to find an activity that really can relax you so that you can re- you know refresh re- regenerate yourself and um, that's important to do consistently and not wait till all of a sudden you fall flat on your face and you think oh time to, to rest because by that time often it's too late and you really do find your, yourself ill let's talk about not pleasing everyone I know often as women we like it we want everyone to like us and we can drain ourselves to the point where we just don't want to get out and talk to anyone if we're people pleasers. Let's share a few insights around that for our listeners today. Yeah, I think that's another part of being so passionate about what you do Mm -hmm. and loving the industry that you're in. It's such a community that the health and wellness small business world and it you're getting pulled in so many different directions and, you know, people want to collaborate or you've just got customers who have different tastes and particularly since opening a hospitality venue that's quite quirky, it's, you know, all plant-based, really uh, innovative and creative dishes. Um, When you've got lots of different ideas like that, it's really hard to please everyone and Mm -hmm. you spend a lot of time because you take such pride in your work trying to make it so that it pleases everyone. I think you do at one point need to realize that you have a target market and everyone else outside that, you're never going to actually be able to have a product that everyone universally likes. There would be something wrong with it if that was the case. Yeah, for sure. So sometimes I think you need to just narrow your focus a little bit and just take a moment to stop and think, 
who am I doing this for? Like who is my ideal target market and how can I focus more on them? Because the broader you make your audience, the less focused your product becomes. Yeah. And if you do kind of adjust it to suit one group and then the next month you adjust it to suit another, you're losing your brand message as well, which I've fallen into the trap of doing before. You know, sometimes we want to be like, We've got like the vegan corner and then the gluten-free corner and you get sometimes it's a bit hard to decide what do we want to post on our page Mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing. And then you just have to decide, you know, how narrow or how wide you'll go and just be comfortable with that and not beat yourself up about it. No matter what you do, you'll get you'll get some haters and mm-hmm. really that's just a sign that you've made it. That's the mm-hmm. only way that you can look at it and take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it is so not, true. Not take it personally. I think that brand voice and the vision or the direction is so important to establish because that holds, if you're holding true, if all of the other decisions that you're making in your business continues to align and you're moving forward, then you know that you're on the right track. But often the people who are not really clear about that, that's when they start to really become shaky don't they because they're listening too much to their market uh, and it's not adding value it's actually distracting because they don't have a, a clarity but that's true and and that's right and you know what you we could run around trying to please everyone at the end of the day though they're not really our target market or our ideal clients and we're not doing our ideal clients the ones who love our product and what we stand for and, and our message and voice they love that and they'll stick by us so when we start to tone that down and weaken that message then we're not doing our ideal clients any justice either and certainly not our, our business so you know great insights there share with everyone what what is the, the the best way that people can get in contact with you and and whereabouts is this milk bar that that you have too uh the milk bar is in st kilda 72 ackland street it's opposite uh luna park mm-hmm. and I have three Instagram accounts and three email addresses that all come to me, so you can pick any of those. (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, matcha underscore maiden and the email address is in the bio. There's matcha underscore milk bar spelled with a Y, M-Y-L-K-B-A-R, and the email is also in the bio. And then my personal page is spoonful underscore of underscore Sarah. And again, the email is in the bio, so you can take your pick. Fantastic. Are there any last words of advice that you would have for people today? I have a quote. I absolutely love quotes. They're my favorite Mm -hmm. thing in the world. And for anyone who's starting anything, whether it's a business or just a new goal, my favorite quote is that doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. And I really like it because when we first started, I was so racked with doubt that I genuinely thought, at times, it was a horrible idea that would never work. Mm-hmm. And if I'd let that dictate my decision rather than just acknowledging it and then pushing it to the side, I would have never known that I was actually really wrong. And that's scary to me how close I came to just packing it all in before I even started. Mm-hmm. So if you do get some doubt, it's totally natural. Just acknowledge it. But you have to give yourself the chance to see what you're capable of. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. 
Now, before we finish up, remember if you are networking, but you're struggling to get clients, then make sure that you access my Network with Confidence checklist. In there is some suggested icebreakers so you can have meaningful conversations, even with people you haven't yet met, how to create that powerful introduction so that you really do speak to your ideal client who asks you, tell me more about your business. So how to network and communicate with confidence to grow your network, your relationships, your business and your career. All you need to do is go to annemariecross.com forward slash network with confidence checklist. And of course, make sure that you do check out the show notes so that you can connect with Sarah and, and please check out the images she's got on her Instagram account. They are absolutely fabulous. And here is a business that was started and really grew and had that momentum through social media. I mean, that just excites me. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please do do that. Every week we have another fantastic guest expert just like Sarah today, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. While you're over there, rate the show, leave us a message. Also too, what was the biggest aha that you took from today's show? Maybe it was the quote about doubt. We'll throw doubt out the window. We don't need that anymore. Fantastic, everyone. Have a fantastic week. See you again next week. See you, Sarah. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.